fucking pudge. Trash House Street. Trash House Street. Lou, Jamie. Jamie Z. And we are... What are you are... trying to speak for me? Are yeah. you mansplaining? Yeah, me and Josh Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? What's going on? Uh, nothing. Um, fucking Pudge. So Pudge is this fucking poindexter who lives on my Animal Crossing island. Mm, I and, met him before. Yes, and uh, Jamie's son Victor... Now also hates Pudge. And Pudge, by the way, he looks really derpy. He's like a bear. He wears a a, a a varsity jacket. He has a squiggle mouth. He looks like he probably... I don't think he like has CTE or anything. I think he just like... He kind of drinks really cheap beer all the time. And he's kind of soused. And probably, you know, in high school did some bad things. And, you know, maybe he blew out his knee uh, mm. freshman year of college and now and he's then... a shoe salesman no. married to peg bundy speaking of ed o'neill i was thinking of one of the best movies he was in ever what adventures of ford Fairlane. i've never seen it <laughs> he's like one of the i think he's like a cop in it and they're like booty time booty oh, time really? uh, across the usa no. but, you never uh, saw adventures of no ford i never Fairlane. saw adventures uh, of ford Fairlane. it's a classic uh, but to circle back real quick on pudge <laughs> yes victor uh, sent a strongly worded letter to Pudge, mm-hmm. basically saying how you know he hate he's he's a zero out of ten and he needs <laughs> to leave the island. It's pretty funny, and of course, you know these aren't real people; these are all bleep loops on a bleep loop box. Pudge sent me a letter, and it was basically how happy he was to send a letter to me. And I felt so, I felt so conflicted. I was like, maybe Pudge is like touched in the head or something. So I don't know what to do about Pudge. I probably could have him evicted from the island Uh, oh i don't want him to know that i'm the one complaining about him it's really bad and again this isn't a person this is a bleep bloop (laughs) anyway so how have you been jamie i've been good yeah hanging in there yeah i uh watched a live concert oh do tell h2o had a live concert and it was sponsored by liquid death Mm -hmm. and like i it was like 12 bucks a ticket or you can spend like 25 bucks and get like this limited poster, mm-hmm. uh, a case of um, Liquid Death or half a case. So I was like, yeah, okay, oh. I'll do the 25 bucks or whatever right. it was. So I watched it last night and it was good. It was like about an hour. But the, my, my main, I wouldn't say, it's not a problem, mm-hmm. but it was not live. Which I didn't care that it oh. wasn't live. But when you're like live at Toby's house and they'll, like, and it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just, like they had clips in the in between the songs yeah. of them like standing sitting around talking about like the next song they're going to do and i really don't think that you could do that live and have someone else putting in the clips while you're doing it live so it definitely is not live yeah it seems weird <laughs> that would kind of bother me but altogether i thought it was really good mm-hmm. it was really cute some of the stuff they were like going through his house and stuff and showing different things yeah. and um Derek green the lead singer from supple Tara, was there mm-hmm. he's like friends with toby and was yeah. doing like background voices or back uh background vocals it was pretty cool but altogether i thought it was pretty cool and it was yeah. worth 12 bucks but i just didn't like that it said it was live yeah. when it wasn't but so so what is liquid death i'm not familiar liquid death is um canned water it's All just right. it's not bottled water it's just so it's a canned h2o yes mm-hmm. and why is it called liquid death 
I think it's just like people, trying to be cool. Because like people drown in water. They have. Um, it's supposed to murder your thirst. That's why. Jesus Christ. Um, but they had a couple album like um, compilations come out with like bands. They've been around for a little bit. There's a bunch of like um, podcasts that yeah. sponsor. Well, like they'll sponsor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting. So that I, I tried it. It tastes like water. It was it was good. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be with like less recycling because it's uh, aluminum cans are better than plastic cans yeah. or whatever plastic plastic bottles. But I have to say, there's something like enchanting and cool about just cracking open a a can. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like it's like you're having a beer. It's like you're cracking open yeah. a treat if it's a soda. Or a beer or something. I don't know. That's something like that goes off in your head that's like a treat. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't really drink a lot of canned beverages, so maybe I'll buy one tomorrow. And I don't know where they sell it. I just buy a canned beverage one kind of Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like a treat. Yeah, like no, when you yeah, open that, it, you can't, you know? So, yeah. So that's no, what I did yesterday. So. No, in the, in the world of science, Jamie, every chemical has what's called SDS, or sometimes an MSDS, which is Material Safety Data Sheet. Okay. Sorry. Excuse me. Okay. Now everyone just tuned out. That's my MSDS for, for burping. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the point is they always, these these scamps who think they're so clever will be like, this is a toxic chemical because it will kill you if you inhale it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I read about an interesting, I was listening to my lecture before. Yeah. And we're doing circulation, so it's like heart problems. Uh-huh. So did you know that there is a heart, you can be born with a heart defect where your like pulmonary valve, or like, yeah, not the valve, the artery and the aortic never, like, they, they're just one. They never oh, really? distinguish into two, mm. so there's just one. And they shoots out both like oxygenated and non-oxygenated oh. blood, and that's how it keeps you alive. But it's just one. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, isn't that kind of mm. crazy? Learn something new. Yeah. Music. Anyway, music. So, <laughs> along the lines of your live concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, last time I mentioned that La Luz released their Zoom concert on um, digital. Cool. It was it was pay what you want, and I paid what I wanted to. What'd you pay? I actually paid like I think like uh, twelve. That's not so bad. So I was like, you know, which is probably again what it costs to see them live. It's like ten songs, I think. It's a pretty even spread across their catalog so far, even though they're only like three albums and a couple of mm-hmm. LPs or EPs. You know, they hit most of what I would want to hear. Sure, Spring was on there. Um, Don't Leave Me on the Earth, Black Hole, Weirdo Shrine, etc. and so on. And my only, not complaint, mm-hmm. the only issue I had for it with it was the mix was really off. Hmm. So you could tell that... Everyone was playing their instruments spot on, but like for like say one song, so, um, I can't think of it off the hand. The keyboard would be r- r- mixed really high, and it just sounded really weird and somewhat off-putting. Hmm. That was it. You and know, that's what you get with a live concert. That's what's like interesting. Yeah. You know, and they weren't drinking liquid death. <laughs> um, I also watched a live concert last night. Well, it was a mm-hmm. obviously oh, it wasn't wow, live. Wow, you're really uh... But it was Restraining Order, which I've reviewed and uh-huh. stuff. Um, and they were like really, really good. It was like a half hour, Hate 5, 6 or whatever put it out. Dude from yeah. Philly, Sunny Sing. Um, and that was that was actually pretty mm-hmm. interesting. It was pretty good. They're fun to watch. Say, and then you're like, uh, they're babies. They're like so young uh, looking. I watch live concerts all the time of live YouTube clips of mm-hmm. bands. Anyway, so that was that. Really quick. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah. 
So you want to go first? You want me to go? Well, I have two now, so you have oh, two. Okay, so I'll go. Well go next. So, yeah. so I'll go over the, the shorter one. Gel. Jersey band. I think they have Philly connections too. Hardcore punk band. Gel came out with a 7-inch called Violent Closure. Mm-hmm. came out February uh, 23rd off of Atomic Action. And they've been around since tw- uh, 2018. I don't know if I ever... I've talked about them. I don't think I ever reviewed anything by them. I don't think so. Because most of their stuff was on cassette. Mm-hmm. And Mark has like all their stuff on cassette. Oh. But anyway, they're female-fronted hardcore uh, punk hardcore band. Um, the singer is named Sammy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I dig them. So their first song is XOXO. And it's like this 90s anarcho-punk sound. Um, it kind of um, teeters more on a, like at, like the punk side, I would say. And it's like very loud with growled vocals. The next song... Violent Closure. The drum works really, really tight. Yeah, that was my favorite song. It's a good song. Um, It's really aggressive. And you can make out her vocals really well better than the first song. It's got some twists and turns that keeps it interesting. It's good. I think that's a song. There's one song that you hear like a faint like like street punk vibe that it could go that way, but it doesn't. Assumption I thought was really, really good. I really dig the guitar riff. Um, It was a little more slowed down. If they added like another guitar, it almost sound like a noise mm-hmm. rock band. Like yeah. I could see that. It's just like no, yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a good yeah. song. I really like it. Bitch made pretty good. I think that might have been their single mm. off of uh, this release. Very angry with a boatload of energy, and you kind of find yourself wiggle waggling your finger to ah. it. I like the breakdown in the middle. Pretty cool. Um, freak blast a sound to your face, and then it ends on turbulence, which goes back to that '90s like anarcho punk sound. Got dual vocals in it. There's like a guy back up uh, doing vocals. I really, I'm I'm a sucker for male female vocals. Mm-hmm. Real. Oh, it ends on POV. That's yeah. sorry. Um, that's the last song, and it has so much energy. It's like really super fast um, drums. Then you have like Sammy's vocals popping in. But anyway, it's a, a quick release. It's a quick listen. Um, it's very loud. It's angry. I dig it. Um, I like how they balance it between like punk and hardcore mm-hmm. and street. Um, I think it's real fun, full of angry energy. And I like that they're pretty much local. So. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, I know this isn't like always your cup of tea, but yeah. it like kind of harkened back to stuff I would listen to back in the day, like the I 90s. mean, they had a bit of a War on Women vibe. Yeah, but yeah, like earlier yeah. War on Women. Yeah, I could definitely yeah. see that. Yeah. I really like her vocal mm-hmm. style, too. It's good. Yeah. So, yes, that is Gel Violent Closure. I enjoyed it. Now we talk about the Crush Tones. Yes. Who the fuck are the Crush Tones? Who the fuck are the Crush Tones? There's a question I asked myself a couple weeks ago, actually, mm. as I was looking through my music hard drive, mm. and I saw an album by the Crush Tones. I've like, heard of them before. I don't well, know. Well, I'll where. tell you why. Okay. So the Crush Tones, first of all, out of Saginaw, Michigan. This is not no more. It's their second album. This came out uh, January 22nd of this year. So the Crush Tones. The first album, which I think was just called The Crush Shouts, uh-huh. came out in May of 2015. Okay. And I reviewed them early on. Okay. You're talking sense. like somewhere in the first nine podcasts, which is infuriating because, fun fact, I, not fun fact, I reviewed these Crush Tones. I can't remember barely shit about them. I wonder what I said about their first album. I want to say I thought you liked them. I re- it's funny because when I saw Crush mm-hmm. Tones, I was like, I think he reviewed them before. But I'm yeah, like, you're talking early. So it was before we were on Squarespace. Oh wow! And before I started yeah, well, essentially documenting things the way I do now. So 
I when I'm editing down the podcast, I have a word file that I sort of I make notes in. Okay. And one of the things is any songs featured in the podcast or discussed go in that word file. So I didn't start doing that till after we went over to Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Any of those podcasts before that, uh, of which the Crush Toads is most certainly on because I couldn't find it in any of the ones after that, I would actually have to listen to the podcast. And while I would love to indulge in such a treat, I don't have <laughs> nine hours of time to do so. I'll have to look on my notes because sometimes I was taking more detailed notes on what mm-hmm. you were listening yeah. to. I'll write it down. Mm-hmm. That Now I'll just like write a, like a note on the top of my my. And the only thing I really remember about that first Crush Toads album was the last song was called the Crush Tones theme, and it went do 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 do. Sounded sort of like a '60s like sitcom. Oh, okay. We have a sitcom song. Cool. It was Agnes Allen. Anyway, so this is not no more. This is these four songs. Four. Yeah, it almost seemed like six, though. What Can I Say opens with Not No More, the title track, which is head-bobbingly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhat popsy, poppy. Has these really grindy, dirty guitars in it. There's some, like, MC5-type bullshit. I could see in that, the best yeah. way. And that's where this album is strongest, by the way. When um, So I was they're a band out of Michigan, and they capture that, really, that Detroit guitar sound. They have proto-punk, like... They have proto-punk, so anywhere from, like, MC5 in the Stooges to, um, I was listening to Nuge, the Nuge last week, the first Ted Nugent album, where he's, like, really wailing on the guitar. Did you ever listen to Laughing Laughing Hyenas? I don't think so. Well, that's um, John Banyan, or Branyan, from Negative Approach, which is, uh, we were talking about him and Iggy Pop, like, the other day. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Laughing Hyenas I think was more like new wave. It like well, I, I'm not yeah, sure. I never I'll have to listened. Check it out. So this album works best when the guitars are forefront because they do some really neat, awesome like the kind of guitar work I like. Just wailing on it. Mm-hmm. Hipper than thou veers sort of into a very bluesy Stones vibe. Oh, I can see them. And I guess you could say the uh, sort of the title tells you exactly what the song is about: being hipper than thou. Mm-hmm. And this is also where you sort of see maybe the weakness of the Crush Towns. Being a poor quality vocalist isn't a sin in rock and roll. Uh, many find uh, they find ways to make it work, or they they get by on charm. Yeah, I feel the crush tones. They're they sort of like the lead singer's off key and doesn't quite sing well enough to sell it either way. And it's more evident in the next song, the third song, which name escapes me because for some reason I. Stop taking notes on the crush tones. But, um... Yeah, it's, like, weird. So I listened to them today, mm-hmm. and um, I thought the first two songs were really... Good. Really good. Uh-huh. Uh, then I almost felt like... I'm like, did the did Bandcamp just, like, stop and go to another band or something? It's yeah, really... Sure. Well, especially the third... Like, the fourth song brings it back a little really bit. It just really just kind of changed gears. But the third song, yeah, has a lot of, like, synth in it, and it's not really guitar-driven at all. And it's and... not... It wasn't a bad song or anything, but I honestly was like, um... Something I guess I already passed it. I'll see if I can find it real quick. Stall, Jamie. Stall. Um, do a little dance. Do a little dance. Make a little glove. Um, make a little glove. <laughs> make a little glove. A little baby glove. Aww. <laughs> like Mimo would wear. Oh, oh! I got this. Something. The crush down. So oh, I feel like a fucking Grammy goo goo here. Um, it was four songs. Not 
no more, hipper than thou, caught in the corner of, of her, her eye, eye and don't ask why. Stinker. I wouldn't say it was a stinker. That's the weakest song in the album. That's the one that really shifts tones and it's a lot more melodic. Mm-hmm. Um, you might say melodic rock and roll. That I've heard of them before, for. though. I think even before you reviewed mm-hmm. them, I want to say, mm-hmm. I would see some of their albums. Maybe not. I don't know. Was it like, uh, were they making their rounds on like uh, XM or something? I didn't think of that. Like, I, they might have been around. I'll have to ask Mark. They might have been around yeah. when I was like really mm-hmm. into garage rock, like yeah. early 2000s, mm-hmm. when I was like super into the head coaties and stuff. I want to say the first time I came across their name, like the head coaties and Holly Go Lightly just popped in my yeah. head. But I think I might be thinking mm-hmm. the Greenhorns, because I know like Holly did stuff with the Greenhorns, mm-hmm. but I don't know. The first two songs are like I really liked. Um, set let, second two songs were okay, um, but they just didn't thrill me. They didn't get my motor revving, mm. you know, which is ironic for a band that's so close to Detroit Rock City, mm. where they made the cars mm. oh so long ago. Mm, they don't anymore. And I was just a abandoned town full of vampires, according <laughs> to a movie we saw once. What was it called? Lovers Left. Only Lovers Left Alive, which I really like. It was good. Um, it was a little slow, but I, I enjoyed it. Especially when they're driving around, there's like nothing in Detroit. Yeah, it's very depressing. Yeah, only lovers left alive. Maybe we'll talk about that yeah, in maybe. a segment later on in this very podcast. Anyway, that's all I have to say about the Carstones. The mystery of who they were and me remembering almost nothing about them um, <laughs> was fan. Was just a great podcast work. <laughs> just messing. Well, you know, I've done so much excellent podcasting. You do. <laughs> Cloud Nothings, The mm-hmm. Shadow I yeah. Remember, uh-huh. Car Park Records, um, came out February of this year. Cloud Nothings, I've reviewed a billion and a seven times out of Cleveland, Ohio, mostly uh, Dylan Baldy's, um, pretty much him, his brain, brainchild, love child, yeah. not love Oh, child. he's in that, uh, that uh, Roblox game. Dylan ba- oh, Baldy. Yeah. yeah, and he's very frowned at you. But they've been uh, around since 2009. Oh, really? Jesus wow. That's and it was originally, I actually read a little little history on Dylan Baldy. It's originally, all the, he had a bunch of bands, and it was all these solo projects. So one of, so he used to make, wrote all this music and then do band pages on MySpace. Oh. So Cloud Nothing was one of those bands that was the one that took off the most, so they oh, kind of really? stuck wow. with oh, that. Nice. Yeah. So this is his seventh, the uh, Cloud Nothing seventh album, and it was produced by Steve Albini. And I think they recorded in the same recording studio where they did their first album or something. No, nice. So they were, they're pretty much want to go back to basics, and you can really get uh-huh. this off this album. So their last album I did not review. It was called The Black Hole Understand. It came out like under the quarantine in 2020, mm-hmm. and it was so different. Like if I played it for you, you'd be like, "This is I didn't." Uh, you would not know it was a cloud. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It wasn't bad, but it was not what I expected. Um, I'd like to go back to listen to it again, but yeah. um, I just, as I said, it wasn't bad. I just was not mm-hmm. expecting that from him. So anyway, he said uh, in an interview he wanted to go back to the beginning and um, that he was just playing a role and he just wasn't being himself in mm-hmm. music lately. So. The album they made, The Shadow I Remember. So it starts off with Oslo, and it's the the longest on the album, mm-hmm. longest song. The world has gone. The world I've known has gone away. Is this the end of life I've known? But I think he's like really poetic and lyric, like this throughout yeah. this whole album. And it's very guitar and drum heavy. It's melodic yet emotional. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty much contemplating like life, the world, like everything. And it's fucking awesome. I love it. Um, I like how he gets into his like screaming at the end like one thing i noticed about almost all the songs on this like it's very tight 
in the beginning, and then yeah. towards the end, it starts like kind of falling well, apart. Well, like and, Oslo, yeah, really does. I was like, oh, did it shift song? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's really cool. That was one of my favorite songs. My Probably my favorite song on the album is um, Nothing Without You, mm-hmm. and it's uh, very catchy. It's like garage pop feel with a, a, f- a female vocals accompanying uh, Dylan. Uh, Macy Stewart is her name? Yeah, I looked her up. Did you see anything about her? She does. Uh, nothing I had heard of. I mean, okay. she does stuff. Yeah, I didn't know who she was. She's apparently I saw like a, a Twitter posting. I'm selling my Pokemon cards tomorrow. <laughs> I think today's the, it's, yeah, the, that's the about right. But there's something like just really catchy about it. Like everything mm-hmm. works. It's just a really good song, really fun song. Mm-hmm. Um, the spirit of is a like indie pop mixed with like his raw vocals and garage rock guitars. They even have some pianos mixed in. Um, Only light is like this alt grunge song with mm-hmm. pop pop sensibilities. It's one of my favorites. Only Light. It's good. I, there's no. There's not one song mm-hmm. I disliked on this album. Uh, Open Rain, raw guitar garage feel to it. Has this 90s, 90s grunge chorus feel to it. Kind of mm-hmm. hard to explain. Um, Sound the Alarm is more melodic, very self-reflecting, catchy. Another favorite song is Am I, Am I Something? It's very guitar and drum driven. Almost, I would say punk mm-hmm. is one of the more punk songs. Um, it's kind of sleazy. I can't even read my writing. Sleazy and something Sleazy. sounding. And raw sounding. Sleazy oh, and raw. So. Lyrically, it's like self-doubting and feeling useless. Um, the lyrics are very from the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, this song almost reminds me of a Division of Laura Lee song slightly. Yeah. It's Love is the shortest song on the album. It almost has this like strokes feel mm-hmm. to it. Really good. And then it closes out um, with uh, The Room It Was. And it's a, an alt-indie song. But yeah, I really, really dig it. Um, I think it's really good. It does go back to the basics. Like, it reminds me of Attack on Memory. I always go back. It's one of my favorite Cloud Nothings um, album. It's very, it's tighter musically it progressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think lyrically it progressed as well. The more I listen to it, the more I get out of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this was, I didn't even pick up on this. And I like it even more. Um, my only, like, complaint is it doesn't really end very strong. Yeah. Um, but that's not a bad thing. Like, I might listen I to mean, it next week. I mean, it's such a week. strong album. It's hard. To... Yeah. Um, I just, the guitar and the drum work are just, I mm-hmm. think, standout-ish. Yeah. Like, you, you definitely notice it, and it's very, very cool, very tight. And, yeah, I really like it. Mm-hmm. I just, as I said, I like how they, like, start off really tight, and then it just progresses, and then they kind of mm-hmm. just veer off at the end and try to, like the instruments kind of go wherever they want to yeah. go like they'll do the crazy guitar mm-hmm. solo and his vocals are kind of like all over the place at times yeah another song you didn't mention A Longer Moon yes I did, forgot so about that I really that. like that one as That's, well. I mean I really like this whole album but. yeah it got to the point I'm like I don't want to feel like writing every song yeah, so no, I just I, like, I like it. <laughs> and I think yeah like Nothing Without You with uh the female vocalist. Like, really good. I was like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, it's a really good album. Really so good. I went back, and I in the car coming over here, I listened to the album two albums ago. I reviewed it. I forget what it's called, but I think it was out 2018. Mm-hmm. And I had it on my like top 15 or whatever top mm-hmm. albums of the year. And I was like, oh, man, like the, this guitar work goes really mm-hmm. back to Attack on Memory because it, like, it wasn't in that uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the second album or whatever that I just listened to. I forget what the fuck it's called. Silence something. I don't remember. Anyways, yeah, Cloud Nothings, um, they're always a a band I will review and pay attention to. I, I really like them. So yeah. check out this album. I think it's really good. Yes. The Shadow I Remember. Yeah. Cloud Nothings. So uh, originally I had another uh, doom metal band uh, pegged for this slot, but those, those albums like demand a lot of you, and I had a, a very physically engaging week, mentally engaging week, you know. 
paid off my Animal Crossing house. That was very exciting. No, I hear you with this week. I had a like, I'm like, I'm just picking, picking these two things yeah, so, and going with it. So this one, I, I like, this is an older album. It actually came out July of last year. Yeah, I saw that. One I had meant to listen to for a while. Mm-hmm. And it is Soft Palms out of Everlong Records, and it came out July 31st, 2020. Now, Soft Palms is a duo out of Long Beach, California, Kilikali. And they are Scott Montoya mm-hmm. and his wife, Julia Kugel. Now, in addition to being exercises women do on their parts to tighten them up, uh, Julia Kugel is... Kegel. What? Kegel. The Kugel like, exercises. The Kegel exercises. Kugels. <laughs> Julia Kugel. <laughs> and did I mention their husband and wife? Um, no, but I figured that out by the bank camp. <laughs> so, yeah, their husband and wife. Julia Kugel is... Uh, one of the coat hangers. Yeah, I was like, ah, this is why I picked him because I'm like, this yes. is not up Lou. This is not something Lou would pick usually, in my opinion. But yeah, no, it's very different. I um, really liked it. It's uh, Julia Kugel put out. It was like a two al- two song album called I think White Woods in like 2013, huh. and it's straight up. They're two. They're folk songs. Oh, interesting. So, the coat hangers are my favorite band uh, named after an abortion. Uh, Device? Yes. Or something you would hang shirts. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure that's not what they're going for. <laughs> or coats. <laughs> or hang, yeah, or other things. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Coat Hangers being one of my favorite bands that I never would have discovered if I did not have a podcast on music and needed to find content. <laughs> um, although I do love Coat Hangers. This is a very different album from, well, it's a mostly different album. From I really anything liked they would put out. I really liked it a lot, too. It was awesome. It is... Very easy to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's um, very like chill, uh, almost like chill wave. What they would call back in the yeah, day, like, yeah, chill of wave, dream poppy, um, eight beach house without the yeah the Casio keyboard. I would say so. Eight songs, and conveniently you can arrange every two songs in a sort of doublets. Mm-hmm. So the first two songs are Betty and uh, Rainbow. Now these are both very like. Like, Baddie is the song that kind of hooked me. It's when I was trying to decide if this was worth listening to. I heard this. I was like, yeah, I'm listening. I'm doing this. Um, doing this shit, man. And Baddie, like I said, very, very ethereal, very dreamlike. The vocals are almost innocent and childlike. I can see that. Very yeah. sweet. And, you know, Baddie is about. A bat. Being a bad person, or by your own and meeting someone who is your pair. I thought it was a bat. But no, it was like no, the count, the count song goes, Betty, 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 Betty. Or, uh, <laughs> Uh, Bujo Baton, boom, bye, bye. It's funny I say that because this it almost has a reggae sensibility with the uh, a couple of it, songs. This song, so Betty is very a drum circle for lack of a better I word. I can see that. It's funny. It's so like so easy to go along. I was driving, listening to it, and I was like, I should just start swerving back and forth <laughs> along the road. Or you can even go and say it's like deconstructed drum and bass, or drum and bass yeah. at its simple core. Yes. Rainbows is more percussive. It reminds me of M.I.A. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Which was bothering me for a long time. It's like, who does this sound like? Huh. And then towards the end, the, the guitar turns kind of sinister and heavier, like almost like a, a bluesy metal riff. I c- but then it goes away really Kind quick. of. I mean, it starts to bend that way. It totally does. It totally does. Um, metal riff and this band do not really go hand in yeah. hand, in my opinion. Totes me goats. It's the notes you don't hear, Jamie. Nah, maybe. Then we go into our, our country section. Yeah. So, Oh Then Then is a very sweet country ballad. You know, it's a very ballad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a love song. 
Uh, Rain and Thunder is this fucking cowboy noir. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah, really heavy. Cool. Yeah, it's one of my two favorite songs on the album. I wrote mine on my favorite song. So. And the next song is my favorite song, Pretty Dancer. Pretty Dancer. Yeah, the, the, the songs that could have been outtakes off of uh, Nosebleed Weekend or something. Because <laughs> uh, these are very 60s, garagey, girl group inspired mm-hmm. songs. Pretty Dancer is the best. It's very catchy. It's really cool. I it's, love that song. It's kind of funny. It's a little depressing. I didn't really... I was... So yeah, the Pretty Dancer is... The guy is like... It's a guy who's very attractive and kind of thinks this shit don't stink. You might say he's hipper than thou. Mm. And, and basically, later on in the song, he's sort of older and like burned out. And he just is like... I'm a curve But, but they talk about he's a, he's a pretty dancer. That's literally the only thing he has going for him. They do say swill and whiskey too, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> bone dry. Let's just say when I first heard it, I took it literally. Google exercises, bone dry. Get it? Eh, eh. Keigel. It's it's a you gotta like it's like what what peaches would call a slant ride. Okay. You don't understand music, Jamie. Like, I, like me and peaches. She taught me. Yeah. Yeah. She, I, I learned her teaches of peaches. Yeah. She has a good SIS. Did she tell you to stay in school? It's the best. It's the best. And it's she said uh, uh, Casanova. Oh. Casanova. Casanova. Um, uh, did, did she teach you that it hurts so good and give you a sorgasm? <laughs> no, she did not. That's one of my favorite fucking lines. Uh, anyway, Peaches. By the way, reviewed on my first or, first or second podcast. Yeah. Maybe I'll do some Peaches next time. Mm. And her teaches or something. I just wonder if she has anything new out. You, I remember you did a couple years ago. She had something new. She out. did because that had the salt like rub. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, the really creepo video. That's over with. Uh, she's like a wrestler, and Kim Gordon's her manager. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Kim Gordon just smoking the whole time. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway. Or vaping. Vaping. Yeah. Vaping weed. So yeah, anyway, my fault. So uh, bone dry. Is there one of the songs that has like a. Um, like reminiscent of like a Nancy Sinatra esque. I could see that thing. Um, then finally we get into two songs. I didn't listen to the last song. That's a about weird. about pe- like love or being forlorn in love. Mm. Which I always think is a if you're doing a song with your husband or wife, I think it is weird to do songs about someone leaving you or missing <laughs> someone because they left you. Somewhere is just missing someone who you're in love with. No love is just imagining the life of someone who left you and hoping that they, you know, they're with a better version of you. Mm. So very good album, very listenable um, in many senses. I always talk about like background music in the best, best sense of the word. No, I totally and agree. Yeah, it's very good. It's like eating, uh, it's like eating uh, almond butter. tapioca pudding or almond butter. It's nice. So it's I listened to this while I was... Um, I take my notes for lecture and I um, put them on flashcards and I was doing yeah. this while listening to this album and then like my ears really perked up at that pretty yeah. dancer. That's when I was like, yeah, but it, it's very listenable, very good. And I was like, that's when I looked it up like after the second th- song, second mm-hmm. phone, I was like, um, like, why did Lou pick this? This is kind of like not his thing. And then I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, good. And I'm glad I listened to it and then uh, bought, bought, <laughs> bought the vinyl. <laughs> I'm gonna have another drinking oh, drink. And I will I will tell the story. This is the interim okay. story. So a famous rock star was in the news recently. Yes. Bruce Springsteen. Yes, I, I do know the story.
Bruce Springsteen, someone I, I've been very public about my uh, lack of love for, uh, in part because as my illegitimate, my father, he denied me as his illegitimate son. But also, I think his music shit, and it's overrated. I am not a Bruce Springsteen fan, by no means. So the story goes that he was in a park, got, he took two shots of tequila, got a DUI, he hopped on his motorcycle, got a DUI. Well, a fan gave him the tequila. Yeah. He was on his motorcycle and a fan wanted to get a picture, and then they, I don't know why the other people had tequila in the mm -hmm. park, a little weird. Yeah. Um, and he, a cop saw the whole thing yeah. and take a mm -hmm. shot of tequila and he got pulled over. So he, and I'm going to skip to the end and I'm going to fill in the middle. So to, he basically, he got acquitted off the DUI charges. And I'm reading the comments. Mm -hmm. The people are like, bullshit, money talks, bullshit, blah, 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 famous rock star, blah. And as you pointed out, the thing that everyone missed was he was at a point, he blew a point oh two. Yeah, it was like... So he was... An airline pilot could still fly. Yeah. <laughs> so even in Jersey, like at a point oh eight being the, the lower limit. Well below. He was well below. And people were like losing their shit. Like thinking, like, because people don't read, they read headlines no. and that's it. It just disgusts me. Yeah. No, I read it, um, I forget where I saw it, but it was all, like, it, that was in the headline. They're like, mm -hmm. Bruce Springsteen gets DWI uh -huh. with only a 0 0.02 yeah. or whatever. And that's what I, like, that's how well, I, I read it. I think they did. I think because he yeah. doesn't like Trump. Like I really did, think yeah. it was that. So they did, I think they did field sobriety tests. And he failed them, but they had a lawyer speaking. Like, the lawyer of the interview is like, I don't know specifically about this case, but one thing I can tell you is, so that there are these three tests they do, and two of them are balance related. He's like, a lot of times, I think he's like, one is like eye tracking. Yeah. And the other two are balance related. He's yeah. like, with eye tracking, whenever I've seen an eye tracking fail, it's because the officer misinterprets. Okay. And he's like, and for the other two, they're hit or miss, and if you're over 65, you're almost definitely going to fail at least one of those yeah. tests. Yeah. So... Again, like my thing was, like it drives me crazy when people don't read comments. If they have the same field sobriety mm -hmm. test, it's the touching of the nose. Yeah. Alphabet. And the finger up the bum. No, and then walking. Yeah. Like a straight line. Like I think it's like heel to mm -hmm. heel to toe. Heel to toe. Well, New Jersey, you have to, which like, I failed all three. <laughs> well, that's you know. Where did you blow a point oh two? No, I blew a zero point one nine eight. I almost blew a point two. Shit house. That was a long time wow. ago. So I saw last night or this morning. I forget. Um, Soul Glow, who I've I reviewed, and they were they yes. popped up. They had like um, a little EP out that just came out, like three songs. I haven't listened to it yet. I had money with with the Bandcamp um, gift card you got me, so I, I bought purchased wow. that with that. Did you get the Mets? Uh... I did. See, I reviewed that yeah. that that, but they never released it on vinyl. Mm -hmm. It was only like ten bucks. Yeah. But it's funny because when you told me about it, I went right on a sub pop, and I'm like, oh, okay, like I have this. But I wasn't sure if I had vinyl or not. And then once I read about it, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. They never. Um, but yeah, it was only like ten bucks. Yeah, Mets um, put out the seven inch. It was like acid and whatever. I reviewed it mm -hmm. a couple a couple years a uh, year or two ago. So. And then, of course, one final piece of music news before we move on to our topics. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday, uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds released an album, Carnage. Oh, or at least uh, released it for streaming. I have not listened to it yet. I will in the near future. I have so much stuff to listen to. I still haven't listened to that last OCs. Mm. I think there's that King Giz. There's one out that I have to listen to. There's a whole bunch of shit I just haven't had a chance to listen to. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I like... 
I forget. Mark, Mark's been um, listening to some really good stuff, the couple things I was going to review, but I just like, this was getting these two together was like hard enough, to be honest. I've just been busy. But yeah, there's stuff. And then um, I got an LP uh, for a band called The Stump Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're an older band out of Harrisburg. That's pretty good. Like, huh. that album what is. What kind from, of music? Uh, Garage. Okay. Um, I also fell back uh, hard on a fantasizer for some reason. Hmm. Like, I was in the mood. I listened to it, like, I think eight times back to back one day. I watched. And you know what I ordered? Like, just came today. Wow. Gulch. Ah. I think it's like their third pressing of that mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. Like, the first one went really, really quick. It's mm-hmm. like pretty expensive. So I saw it pop up on my band camp, and I was like, Oh shit! Let me see if it's still available. It's either third or fourth mm-hmm. press, and there's three different vinyl options you can get. Two of them are gone. I'm like, I'm yeah. I'm gonna pick this up now. Yeah. So I, I picked up the new the the Gold album, which is a fantastic yeah. album. Good good stuff. So we had a topic. We did have a topic. We I was um I forget what 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 I was even thinking about. Mm-hmm. I was like I wonder how like certain franchises still hold up. Like, what people are into. Is there something new mm-hmm. I'm missing? So I just put out, like, early on Friday morning, coming home from the gym, um, what's your favorite franchise? Um, either horror, sci-fi, mm-hmm. or fantasy. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to see what people had to say. All right. And I did not look at these myself, so I'm curious. I forgot to put your brothers down. I think I forget what you They said name. Dune and Alien. Yes. Yes. Smart. smart so Matthew says a Dune and Alien. Um... So Jake put Friday the 13th, Jim Craft Friday the 13th, Jake Hens, Halloween, Rachel Purcell said all the 80s classics, she couldn't pick one, Um, Kim Groster, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then she said she really liked Halloween, but the third one she couldn't stand, which I kind of like that. That's season of the witch. Yeah. Ah. Sci-fi, fantasy, The Matrix. Grim Noir put Welcome to the Night Vale. So, welcome to Night Vale is a podcast. It's it's a podcast. It's like a I'll, I'll go to real quick. Um, no, that's fine. Know. I didn't know what it was. So yeah, it's a it's a narrative podcast mm-hmm. that's done as a a radio announcer reading the news for this town oh, called Night Vale. Oh, you Mexico. might have told me about. I told it. about like a long time ago. Yeah, okay. and basically it's this town where everything's every sci-fi horror trope happens. Like. The trees like talk and aliens come down and abduct people. Yeah, you did tell and me about that. I'll, anyway, that's I'll have that to is. check it out then. Al, my friend Alex said Alien. Alex Crowley said uh, Star Wars. JD put sci-fi would be Star Wars. He said he's not into fantasy, but horror was Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Vince Blando said Red Dwarf. Uh, Pat Gawker Firefly trilogy, which I totally forgot you about. Know what I want to say. Too cool for school, oh, Vince Blando. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I like I like I like uh, Red Dwarf. A lot yeah, as Red well. Dwarf. I, I wasn't expecting that, but that was yeah, that was a surprise. Anyway, go ahead. Tony Cadaver put uh, the Evil Dead and the Ash Williams saga. Mm-hmm. Kate Goodyear totally forgot about this. Wasn't even on my radar. The Dark Tower series. I was like, oh wow, yeah. like that's it's mm-hmm. a franchise now. Yeah. Totally forgot about it. Mary put Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Insidious, which I only saw the first one. I don't think I was. I no, get maybe I didn't. Insidious and I get the Ethan Hawke one. one confused. Yeah, Sinister. Yeah, I'm thinking Sinister. I don't think I saw. Well, is it the one where the kids are hanging in? Yeah. yeah. Or is there like a third one? I don't remember. I don't remember. Max. 
put um, he thought the moon was awesome and I'm like he's like I know it's not a franchise yeah. but I really liked the moon and then yeah. we were having a discussion about that uh-huh. that it was David Bowie's kid that directed it I'm like I forgot about moon it was really good yes. but he said he really liked um, the Cloverfield franchise and Predator mm-hmm. and he liked the Matrix mm-hmm and he was talking about Cloud Atlas, and he loves Cloud Atlas. Cloud, Cloud Atlas is good. And uh, so we were talking about that, and I said, I only saw it in the theater with you. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, you got to watch it a couple times, and like, yeah. it's really, really good. I know you watched it a couple times. Yeah. Dave Mooney, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Halloween. And Nick, uh, Nicholas, what's Nick's last name? I forget. Probably. No, different Nick. He put the, ex- the Exorcist minus the second one. Mm. So what would you say yours is, dear Lewis? Like, Star Wars is weird, just... Uh, let me see that picture on your phone. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's, uh... it's Victor with a sticker over yeah. his mouth. If he doesn't shut up. <laughs> I kid. We need to sleep. He's in your car right now crying. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding, buddy. So Star Wars is weird because, like, I... Even though it's technically sci-fi, I never think of Star Wars as sci-fi. I know, but it pretty much is. I mean, it is. It yeah. is. It's a space opera. Star Wars is definitely up there, but it's almost like a given at times. Yeah, Star Wars is like its own thing. It's yeah. Because like... I'm like, I like Star Trek too, Yeah. but I would never say I'm a Trekkie it's, at all. It's weird. I like Next Generation. That none of these people uh, said Marvel movies or superhero movies. I agree, because like, I wonder if people are embarrassed just liking Marvel movies, because right. I can seriously watch the Marvel... Like, I've pretty much watched all the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe. It has the same formula, yeah. other than WandaVision. I find them to be very entertaining. I like the Marvel Universe. No Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Did Lord of the Rings kind of just shit out, like, as time... That's a good question, whether even, like, the people who are super into the books... Yeah, because, like, Harry Potter pops up a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I think people still enjoy that. Well, those Lord of the Rings... Lord of the Rings is a pretty dense series to read. Are the movies just kind of... Is that one, like, the CGI is just a little bit, like... I think... Like, you remember... The Troy movie, the Helena, whatever, with like Angelina Jolie, and like you're like thinking how great the CGI, yeah. and looking back, you're like, it looks really cheesy. Same with like Star Wars. Um, well, well the, um, the second Phantom Star. Menace doesn't, like, you can really see the CGI yeah. there, which, you know, despite all the shit talking people do now, you couldn't particularly tell, I don't think. One, there isn't, as, there isn't that much CGI in Lord of the Rings, there's a lot of practical. Yeah. In Gollum, I think. And I think it's more because we know what to look for in a way. Last time I saw Lord of the Rings, I think you could tell that Gollum was a CGI. Mm. And you could sort of see signs around where sort of the boundary between the real world. It sounds like, ooh, sci-fi. <laughs> the boundary between what is like practical film and where they CGI him in. Because mm-hmm. it'll be like a little like a black or fuzzed out. But I don't remember. I think that Hobbit trilogy kind of killed the Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, a lot of people did. So what uh, is yours? So I don't even know, like, because Alien, it's like two and I, good movies. I'm gonna, I say Aliens when people ask me, like, there's plenty, but I think Aliens is probably one of my favorite franchises. Yeah. There is another, well, oh, this is what made me think, like, Mila Jovovich is in some new, like, Monster Hunter, like, oh, yeah, Monster Hunter, yeah. Say it. So, like, Resident Evil. Resident Evil, I thought was a Resident fun Evil, franchise. I like, it's like, fun. I like Resident Evil a lot. Um, no one talks about Underworld. Underworld, like, is kind of... I tried to watch those recently. Yeah. It's like it's like being fucking drunk. I cannot tell <laughs> what's happening from one to the next. 
And then Mark was even saying, like, he's like, where does Game of Thrones fit in? Is that like a franchise? Like, what is, is that? Because um, it's a fantasy more, a, like, I don't know. That That's like another weird one. It doesn't really fit a mold of anything. It's tough when you talk about a TV series. Game mm. of Thrones is very much a single contained entity. I mean, there there's other stuff, but there isn't that much. Yeah. And I also feel like now that the series is done, uh, interest. has very much waned. It's pretty much waned. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of stuff out there that I was... Um, for me, Dune definitely. Yeah, no one brought up Star Trek. It was kind of. Yeah, Star Trek. I like Star. Is that just like an older person? I thing? guess it is. I like Star Trek. Or how about Hunger Games? Like Twilight? Like is any of that? I don't. I don't think anyone's confessing to Twilight. Well, like the people we know aren't gonna say Twilight. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like I don't know what some forty-year-old mom's gonna say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is she into that? Like, you know. I have, all right, here's one. This is a deep cut. Play one of my favorite sci-fi uh, franchises is Robotech. Oh, okay. I forgot about Robotech. Robotech. I'm a sucker for the Transformers. Yeah, no one's, um, yeah, no one said anything about Transformers G.I. Joe. And either. I bet you people don't think cartoons. Although that's, where's that fall in? That's not sci-fi. You know what I mean? I mean well, trans- Transformers. Transformers is much more sci-fi, especially when you get into all the other shit. Yeah. And I, I won't go and bore people like with, I don't want to hear about you. I know. That's why I, I could see it in your eyes glaze over. Um, the Matrix is tough because I think there are good ideas in the second two movies. First movie is, like I love, I saw the first movie I think seven times in the theater. Huh. I was also in college and there wasn't much to do in Lancaster. And like the Animatrix, which is all those shorts they did, is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, does the Matrix persist? Yeah, no, I only saw the first one. Uh, Another one was Ju- uh, Juon. Not yeah. so much here, but like in Japan, like uh, there was Ju on Ju on one. There was yeah. a there was a um, TV series. Like there was a bunch of stuff. Yeah. What's the other? Oh, uh, with Beaver Teeth. Oh, the ring stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Other than that, to get really really deep and geeky, I like big butts and a can. No. William Gibson. I like his. Uh, Sprawl Trilogy, which is, uh, the first book is Neuromancer, which is one of my favorite books, and the Bridge Trilogy, mm. which, again, those are, like, super, like, talking super about sci-fi, it. but, like, all that cyberpunk-type stuff. Yeah, when I was younger, Dragonlance, like, a lot of fancy stuff. Could you say Battlestar Galactica, kind of? It kind of fits in, but it's not, there's no, like, movie, but, like, it just depends well, on the criteria. If you consider... So I, I finished season two of The Mandalorian, mm. and you basically have Starbuck fighting Cylons in the last episode. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. I uh, was all like, <gasps> Yeah. Every time I saw uh, Katie Sackhoff, I didn't recognize her for a second because she has hair. <laughs> I can't think, like, those are the franchises. I mean, there are a lot of individual movies I enjoy a lot more. Yeah. And if we're missing something that's glaring, like, because you can say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, there's a bunch of horror ones yeah. that, uh... Like Nightmare on Elm Street, I was wasn't surprised because that had a TV series as well. If you remember yeah. Freddy's Nightmare, oh, I wish I could find it on like DVD or something. I remember watching that down my basement in yeah. King of Prussia when I was a kid, and the, all the power went out, and I was so freaked oh. out. Oops, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then you woke up. I did, and it was Freddy. Did uh, did he say the souls of your friend? You and I must claim. You've got the body. Or Hell Hellraiser too. Hellraiser like- is. Yeah, Hellraiser is a series I like. Definitely quality falls off. What was the ones with um the toys? Oh, um, 
fuck. Um, I cannot for the life. Demonic room. toys? No, it wasn't demonic toys. No, another one because I worked in a video, a shitty. There was video like four store. of them. There was more than four. Okay. So the leprechaun. So no, I talk about this toys. I can't remember what it's called. What is it called? Puppet Master is that Puppet what you're Ma- No, is it Puppet? Yeah, I think it is so Puppet, Puppet Master. I worked at a very shitty video store in high school, and this shitty video store bought almost all. Something like King of Prussia. No, it was no. in um, Autobahn. Mm. I think there's like a Mexican restaurant there now. So off a ridge. Yes. Okay. It was a shitty video store that had purchased all its stock from another shitty video store, so it had all these really. B um, horror movie. So there used to be a studio called Full Moon Entertainment. Yes. Yep. See, their claim to fame was either they did the Puppet Master. They had toy. They had action figures too. Yeah. Them. Well, they had the Puppet Master, and then they had there's a cro- another series they did, and they crossed them over. But Puppet Master was like Toulon, this this toy maker in Nazi Germany. He brought the puppets to life, and one of them was the Leech Woman who spit leeches and. It was like fucked up because there's like a cowboy one and then there's one in the old west. Yeah. There's one in Germany. I think they were trying to do like child's play but with toys. Or yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, they did like six of those fucking movies. It was like tro- then... Full Metal or Full Moon was almost like the trauma. Oh, oh, because there was another series called Demonic Toys. Yeah. And then they crossed over to Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in the film industry in those days. Because, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, did you ever? Oh, yeah, we were talking about they have the one podcast or like about Dirty Dancing and how like some movies never got made. What was that? Were you talking about that? It's a TV show. Oh, the Netflix show, the, yeah. The films that. Yeah. Movies? Something like that. But the only one I watched was the one with Dirty Dancing and how like Jennifer Grey hated mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze yeah. and there was going to be um, originally, I think, Billy Zane and yeah. Jessica. Parker, Jess, Parker, Jessica. Stewart. Oh, uh, Sarah Jessica. Yes. Parker? Yeah. That was. I'm like, ooh, that was a terrible movie. Yeah, that's a good series. The Die Hard one's really good. I only saw that one. Well, they did The Toys That Made Us was the first one. Okay. Then The Movies That Made Us, and then they did a Christmas Movies That Made Us, and it's only two episodes, um, oh. Elf and Nightmare Before Christmas, and the Elf one is really interesting. The Nightmare Before Christmas one is pretty interesting because you kind of see how Tim Burton's kind of an asshole. <laughs> okay. I never saw it, but... I'm just telling you. So, movies, yeah. Movies. So the, the topic really had nothing to do with anything. Yep. I just wanted to, you know, yeah. keep us relevant. <laughs> so old, old standbys. Do you have a fa- what's your favorite horror movie that's not a franchise necessarily? It can be a franchise. Um, I always say Texas Chainsaw is one of my favorite. Yeah. I like a lot of the early, like early American mm-hmm. slasher, like Friday the Thirteenth. The first two were my favorite, mm-hmm. and the first Texas Chainsaw. I would say it's the only ones that pop into my head at the moment. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, the thing. Oh, that's, that's like John Carpenter's Yes, thing. that's fantastic. It's funny because I feel like seeing your first Friday the 13th movie was a rite of passage. Oh, it totally was. And, you know, and then like... Um, probably on show on Elm Street 10, as well. Yeah, after 10 p.m. I guess it will be after 10 a.m. <laughs> I remember setting my alarm and going down at 1 in the morning to watch like Nightmare on Elm Street 4, I think. Probably, yeah. Which I should rewatch. I haven't watched it in a while. I only saw parts of when they re- when they remade it. I saw a little we bit saw it in the theater. Right? Did we see it in the theater? Yeah. The f- okay. I still have to see It. I never saw It. Uh, the first one is really good. second one is not so good. Mm. I saw parts of the second one, and I was just like... Hey. It's sort of the thing, like... And I don't know, did you ever read It, the book? Uh-uh. The book is essentially divided into two halves. Uh, part of it is when they're children in the 50s. Yeah. 
which I think they advance just because. And the other part is when they're adults. Yeah. And the stuff with the kids is so much more interesting, and that's what the first movie's about. Yeah. So the first movie is more interesting. Hmm. Uh, incidentally, they did that Stand miniseries. Yeah. Which is sh- the new one. Yeah, I won't watch it. It's shitty. Really shitty. And they cut out most of the Captain Trips stuff. Oh, really? Which is the best part of the... Well, yeah. like you see the aftermath, but the most interesting part of that book is when the epidemic is happening. I, I think that and... Um... Oh, all those people survived and none of them wore masks. <laughs> I'm know. just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, QAnon. Anyway, go ahead. And uh, didn't like cats and dogs die too? With uh, Captain Trips? I thought there was like, a bunch part, of dead cats but they make, That's why it's, it's There's a big that one deal. dog, I think. That there are a few dogs, and that's a big deal. That the like dogs. Nick have a dog or something? I forget. Who oh, um, Glenn Bateman had a dog. Oh, okay. Played yeah. by my favorite Martian in the mm. other miniseries. So real quick. With Gary Sinead. WandaVision. WandaVision. Do you watch the yes. new one? What do you think? I liked it. There's... It's... It had, like, the kind of Easter egg that I feel like I got really excited, and only people who sort of are familiar with that source material get really fucking white vision. pop boners. Yeah, White Vision. Yeah, Mark was like, do you remember White Vision? And I, was not like, a, I was like, is I'll this say, a racist? And White Vision, yeah, I was like, not a, not a white supremacist. Uh, no, I don't actually, when he showed me the picture, I was like, oh, I kind of remember that. But, like, yeah, Mark was just like, oh, cool, White Venom. Like, White Venom. White Vision. I thought it was really good. Yeah. And I think, like, Liz Olsen, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Has been, like, fantastic. Been really, really good. Um, I really read like an, an article that was, people are just now catching on to the fact that Elizabeth Olsen is Mary-Kate Ashley's younger sister. Really? That was a lot of the response. How was, much younger do you think she is than her sisters? I think, like, five, six years, maybe? It's like three. Oh really? Yeah, like they're. I thought she played like a baby. You know they were doing those movies. Yeah, well I just looked it up. I looked her up today because yeah, Marcy May Miniminimini was her was like pretty much Martha, her first. Martha Marcy, which I looked up because I always say Marcy. Two thousand eleven. Oh wow. Or no, might have been earlier than that. Might have uh-huh. been two thousand eleven. I don't remember. And their brother James or something was in um not just another teen movie. Oh really? He's sort of the bad guy who he's like he would be if it was an eighties movie he would be James Spader. <laughs> Mary Kate and Ashley were like 1986 and she's 1989. Oh, wow. And I was like, I didn't realize they were yeah. that close in age. And it's also bullshit that anyone, because they look almost exactly alike. Mm-hmm. At one point in time when she's like getting like um, whatever stone blasted at her. So I was like, she looks like Fiona Apple. <laughs> yeah. She's like all like sunken in. Kind A little of. bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's nothing against Fiona Apple. But uh. I was like, oh. But yeah, I like WandaVision. Yes. But since we're going a little long, I just put I wanted to All right. touch on it. Um, I guess that's about it. Yeah. Let's just end it there. All right, everyone. Trace Street. We'll see you in a bit. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.